This is According to Callus, and we're back. It is January the 2nd, episode 323, and it is the first Monday of the new year. All right, so typically we would be doing a McKinney Monday. What does that mean? Well, typically we like to take Mondays and focus on what's going on locally. The thing that you have the most impact to deal with. The thing that should matter most to you and I as activists. Unfortunately, we get tied up in knots over things that happen at the federal level. And to a lesser extent, things that happen at the state level. Things that we generally have zero control over, yet we want to be involved because we think we can make a difference. And don't get me wrong, we all follow this same pattern. We all fall short in this matter. It is not a terrible thing to be interested and concerned about what's going on outside of things in your sphere of influence. So we're going to take a moment to talk about the idea of leadership. Why? Well, because I've often eschewed any desire to be the leader of anything that was outside of my control. Well, what do you mean? Unless I was going to be directly responsible for it, unless I was going to have, for lack of a better term, absolute control. And that's not the way it sounds, but that's what it boils down to. If I'm going to be responsible for it, I want to control it, right? And I don't fault anybody for thinking that way, but when you're working with people in a group, when when you're spending time working on a project and you can't control it, Everything that you're doing is dependent upon your people doing what needs to be done and doing it in a timely fashion and doing a good job. And that puts you at a disadvantage from time to time because you can't control what everybody else is doing. So people typically can respond one of two ways. Neither of these, what I subscribe to as being the correct answer, but typically they will either delegate and not follow up, and then blame the people that fall short, or they will micromanage. Either way is not ideal. It's not as productive as it otherwise could be. It is not something we should aspire to do, but those are the two default answers for a whole lot of people out there. Well, what does that mean? That means for you and I, if we're going to be involved, if we're going to be interested in certain things, we have to have a certain amount of control over what's going on with that situation. We, we want to make sure that we're not being misrepresented. We're not being um, misled as to what the actions are going to bring about. That's a challenge. There are a whole lot of people out there that will tell you one thing and do another. There are a whole lot of people out there that claim to be our leaders that don't care about us one whit. They just want to maintain the status quo, whatever that may be. They want to hold their position, whatever that may be. And we're left holding the bag many times. So what does that mean? Well, I was struck over the uh, Christmas break. I watched an old movie, uh, a family favorite, if you will, White Christmas. And It struck me how even a Bing Crosby movie from, I want to say, over 50 years ago 
understood what it meant to be a leader. They referenced the idea that the old man made sure that we ate, then he ate, that we slept, then he slept. Now, Danny Kaye quickly responds, yes, and then he woke up and nobody else slept for 48 hours, which is true. And when you're in a war, you have to do some strenuous things. I mean, the rules of normal life go out the door. Everybody gets that, which is what kind of the humor behind that is. But the leader should be always looking out for his or her people first and foremost. Make sure that you are looking after those workers or those teammates to make sure that they have all the tools that they need in order to be... mic uh, issue there. So I'm actually recording over myself. So the tools that they need in order to be able to do the job that they were assigned to make sure that they have what it takes to be successful, that they can work with you so that we're all better off. We all get ahead. And if you as a leader aren't willing to do that, you're not willing to sacrifice your own ego to set aside your personal desires for whatever they may be and focus on how can I best help my team? How can I help them be successful when my team is successful, then I get to be successful. If you're not willing to do that, perhaps you need to reconsider your priorities. Perhaps you need to look at the idea that if my team fails, I fail. A leader knows this. A leader studies different ways to ensure that his people have what they need, that they're men in, in, okay, I'm just going to say this. Look, if you doubt me about the men and women thing, fine. We're just going to set that aside. We're going to use men in the Latin sense, meaning that anytime somebody says men, they're actually referring to a mixed crowd, male and female, which is one of the reasons why they had a ludicrous idea of calling people Latinx. no, Latino means men and women. So we're going to we're going to use men in that way. So let I'm I'm done doing this. It's tearing me up trying to keep track of it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> what is the duty then, right? You have to learn the skill set of the people around you. You have to learn what they're best at. You have to make sure that you can build them up. But every good leader also knows that they have blind sides. They have things that they're weak on and they need to recruit people that are strong in the areas that are weak, that buttress their shortcomings, that cause them to do a better job. But a lot of times leaders fail to do that. Leaders don't want to be challenged. The people that get in those leadership positions either aren't qualified or aren't ready for the job. They fear anybody contradicting them. They fear anybody questioning them. They see everything as a challenge to their authority rather than a response to what's going on. People adapt differently. We see this all the time. We, we need not look any further than our own local representatives. Whether they're those that are here locally or those that go to Austin, they all have shortcomings. And it's our job as people that support them, that vote for them, uh, that aspire to be them, maybe, to learn from their mistakes and help them do a better job. But if we're not even willing to do that, well, it's very hard to hold them accountable for something 
that they don't understand or they don't have the tools to do that. So repeatedly, we work to get these people reelected. We work to give them a defined groundwork, a list of priorities. These are the principles. These are the platform planks that matter to us most. These are the things that we expect out of you. Now, it's foolish to assume that everybody's going to agree with you 100%. It's foolish to assume that there's going to be absolutely no disagreement or there's not going to be any variation of understanding of various things. But that is the goal. That's what we want. If we don't achieve any of that, then we get nothing. Okay. So we've talked about what is leadership. We've talked about a couple of examples, how that may play out. We're, we're being frank about how it is that these things come about. And what does that mean to us as individuals? If we seek to protect our liberty, how do we best do that? And can we do it with the current situation? And the answer is yes, maybe, <laughs> or it depends. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody else's uh, line. I'll, I'll try to avoid using that. So where is it? Where is our leadership? Well, I'm going to encourage each and every one of you get up from whatever you're doing, walk into the nearest restroom, bathroom, whatever uh, facilities you have and go look in the mirror. The person staring back at you is the person responsible for making sure things get done. You are your own leader. Now, I understand not everybody's up to the task. Not everybody is at the same place that somebody else is. But you have to start with you. You have to start with changing yourself. You'll find somebody that you're willing to follow. You'll find somebody that you feel is worthy of your time and efforts to support and help. And when you do, you grasp onto that and you work with them and you increase their authority, their influence. But you also build yourself up. You learn how to do more things. You learn how to make a difference. That's where it's at. Start with you first. Then if you want to start with your close friend, your nearest ally, somebody else in the family, and you build them up, you show them how to do certain things that you've learned. And we're always looking to follow an example, right? So here's the problem. We just don't have a lot of good examples. The examples that we've used previously, we're now being told our evil, terrible people are not worthy of emulation. I beg to differ. I think George Washington's a pretty good example of what it means to be a leader. Now, you can overlook some of the icky things that you want to judge the uh, 17th century on by the 21st century. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the 18th century was along the same path, so... I mean, for 400 years, something that was accepted as being normal became evil. Well, it was always evil. It just wasn't understood to be that. Likewise, I would say the same of Robert E. Lee. Yeah, another guy that's been vilified, that shouldn't exist, and he's terrible, and the bane of everything. No, no, he put his personal aside to support his state, to support Virginia. He was offered an opportunity to be the leader of the entire Union Army. He was offered all sorts of things, but he couldn't do it. He put his personal advancement aside to do what he thought was best 
for Virginia. Now, ultimately, that work out as great as it could have or should have. But the fact of the matter is he was still willing to do it. And he did it anyway, knowing that the odds were not good. That's a leader. There's others. There are other better generals or people that were equally successful or even more successful in their own way. But these are people that you can easily find out basic information on and learn how to emulate some of their lifestyle. And ultimately, for those of you that subscribe to any form of Christianity, they would say, well, you should follow Jesus. Follow Jesus's model and that'll, that'll get you where you need to be. And that's true. That's absolutely true. And if you're not a Christian, I've given you two guys that more than make up for that shortcoming, right? But the idea that you can do this on your own is basically putting a responsibility on you, but you're not going to know everything and you're certainly not going to know everything now. But when you have a lack of leadership, when you have a lack of male authority, for lack of a better word, you run into problems. Now, I'm going to be real careful here. I don't want to steer into something that I myself am not a uh, big proponent of. I, I don't know enough about it that I would even feel comfortable speaking on the issue. But the whole manosphere thing, right? These guys that I'm aware of, they, they talk about the idea that when you raise men to behave like women, you end up with weak men. And when you have weak men... You have all sorts of problems. And when you raise up women on the notion that they don't need men, they take that to heart. They, they ignore the fact that they're supposed to be partners with the men. They don't, they don't put in the effort to even acquire a man, if you will. Now, most men will do a lot for the love of a woman, for the, for their family, to protect others, but they have to be first taught how to do that and secondarily be inspired to do that, that that's the right thing. But we really don't do that. We have names, we call them names, we talk about all this terrible stuff, but at the end result, we end up with poor leadership or a lack thereof. So how do you fix it? Well, I've told you, you got to start with me. But in the shortcoming, or I'm sorry, in the short run, what was should be plainly obvious to you now is what takes its place when it's absent. Now, once upon a time, I referenced the idea that, you know, the Bible speaks to the fact that as a punishment, you'll be ruled by women and children. Now, that's embarrassing to a lot of Christians these days. They, they don't want to have to um, consider that is the case. But it clearly states it. Now, you can choose to tweak it however you want so as to not offend somebody. But it's either the Bible and the Word of God or it's not. Either you believe it or you don't. But if you look at the bigger picture, it can also mean that you have your leadership that act like children. And I think it's fair to say that Certainly for the last several decades, most of our leadership 
not just the presidency, but across the board, has behaved like children. They lash out emotionally at things that upset them. They refuse to consider that they could be wrong. They take offense with anybody that questions them. They're just behaving in a juvenile manner. And we, as a nation, are not in a good place because of that. We as a state are not where we could be because of that. We as a county, we're actually in a pretty good spot because our leadership's pretty nice. But that's the one bump in the road because our city, our school district, we just don't have good leadership. It's self-evident. Oh, no, look, they, they get their stuff in lockstep. They do what they want to do, and they do accomplish some good things or things that appear good. Now, if you don't have to consider the consequences, if you don't have to consider the cost, if, you don't, if you're not worried about any long-term results of what you've done, well, yeah, it's real easy to do those things. You just pass the buck. You, you pass another bond. You pass along that bill to the next generation. And it looks good now, and that's all we're all we care about is because in America we're run off of well, how did you do this quarter? What is your projections for that quarter? Are you? I mean, that's what you're going to get bonused on. That's what you're getting reelected on. Nobody cares about what might happen five or ten years from now. Nobody can look past that distant to look at the greater results. You know, it's the old adage about what's the best time to plant a tree. But you have to have people that are willing to plant a tree that they'll never get to see reach maturity. You know, I I know a lot of people my age, we like to blame the boomers. Quite frankly, it's fun to blame the boomers because they get really upset about it most of the time. Because they think they've done everything right and they think they know what's best. And when you push back on it, when you you know, hold them accountable for some of the things that have been occurring, they get offended by it. But really, the boomers did give us some good leadership. They did give us quite a bit of nice things that were largely built upon the previous generation. But the lasting effect of the boomer generation, the me first generation, the this is mine and the heck with you generation is there's nothing going to be left for the following generations. They have strip-mined our economy. They have strip-mined our nation. And when they're gone, what's going to be left? They've sold us out. And it's just not a good consequence for the rest of us that are going to still be here. And what do you do? Therein lies the rub. What do you do? How can you fix it? One day at a time, one step at a time. Now, I've last year I spent some time talking about the idea that we have to build a parallel economy, a parallel existence. We have to be we have to be willing to accept the fact that some of us are just not going to be accepted by the wider culture. That some of us are just going to face challenges for the rest of our lives. But that doesn't mean that all is lost. That doesn't mean that there's nothing we can do about it. It just means we have to look at different things. We have to consider other options. And for a lot of people, they get uncomfortable about that. They they don't want to consider that everything's not going to be easy. 
Now, I've never seen the movie Fight Club. I only know about it because other people spoke of it. And I, I did end up watching a video about it because I was curious. But one of the things that I took away from the video that was kind of critiquing the movie Fight Club is the idea that our culture is so soft that they're never going to be able to become more until they give away or give up the soft life that they have. I think that's a fair criticism. I think it should be eye-opening to a lot of us. Had you ever considered the fact that if you didn't really have any challenges, you don't appreciate that which you have? Something to consider. Okay, so uh, before I wrap this up, I'm going to run over a few uh, items that I found that are in the news. Um, Just going to give you a couple headlines, maybe say a sentence or two about it, and then carry on to the next thing. And then I'm going to try something. I have a friend of mine whom I've referenced previously on my show who has returned... uh, from uh, the West Coast, trying to be nice. And uh, he had cut an ad at one point. So I think what I'm going to do, and he has paid me nothing. He's asked for nothing. I've asked for nothing. He is a friend of mine. So I'm going to try this and see how it works. I'm going to tack his ad on the end of my program today. And if you listen to it, if you like it, if you think it's a good idea, if you think it's a fair fit to put ads on the end of the show, then I want you to give me a thumbs up. You know, I always ask for you to subscribe, to share, to comment, to um, just put it out there, right? To like, subscribe, whatever. There's so many different things, but the most important thing you can do is let me know. Give me feedback. We're going in a better direction. Are you happy with what you're hearing? Do you find it entertaining, educational, informative? Was it worth your time? Was it worth your 20 to 30 minutes worth your drive to listen to me go on about something that maybe you don't know about or don't care about? I don't know until you tell me. So I'm going to I'm gonna uh, close it out with a couple of things here and then uh, go on to my ad and wish you all to enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay, so... <laughs> I ran across a meme of uh, Michael, the archangel striking down the devil saying tolerance is not a Christian virtue. I thought that's pretty funny. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Apparently this Brian Kohlberger, the guy that was arrested for killing the people out in Idaho was studying under the same professor who helped the BTK killer write his autobiography. Interesting, don't you think? Very interesting. Uh, Let's see. And Prince Andrew's accuser is uh, going to be free to speak because her gagging clause is being lifted in a month. Um, A Wyoming sheriff uh, is asking or requesting (laughs) to 
keep the illegal alien that raped an eight-year-old girl to stay in prison rather than uh, get deported, because if he was deported, he would return because of how uh, poorly they're protecting our border. And shootouts, pursuits, break-ins all surge in the Texas counties near the border. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And two more things, just for the fun of it. Apparently, 97% of the attacks on Jewish people, they say anti-Semitic, but it's Jewish people, in New York City are carried out by other minorities. And 40.2% of Coca-Cola's U.S. revenue comes from SNAP benefits. For those of you who don't know, that's otherwise known as food stamps. How funny is that? Oh, and in case you were wondering, in international news, uh, Bolsonaro was not willing to cross the Rubicon, and they now have a communist president in Brazil once again. (laughs) Isn't that special? All right. So, as I say, I hope you thought this worth your time. And until next time, I will see you on the other side. Canceled by the big tech mafia, but inadvertently profiting from owning their stocks in a mutual fund or ETF? At Two Pillars, they believe that censorship is a form of violence and a business practice that does not promote human flourishing. In many cases, through their investigative screening process, they can help you divest from companies that are denying your God-given inalienable right to speak freely. Hey, patriots, Two Pillars believes it's time for conservatives to align their values and investments. Two Pillars is your place for impact investing in the parallel economy. Find out what's in your investment portfolio with a complimentary portfolio review. Contact them today to learn more. Call toll-free at 833-377-0051 or send an email to info at twopillarsam.com. That's info at T-W-O-pillarsam.com. Get started today. Advisory of Services are offered through Jacob and Boaz Asset Management, LLC, doing business as Two Pillars Asset Management or Two Pillars. A registered investment advisor in the states of Texas and California. Two Pillars is not endorsed by any government agency and is not engaged in the practice of law or tax advice.